How do we start this thing again? Hello. Welcome back. Whoa, that was a lot. If someone had just turned on their headphones. Welcome back. Welcome Should we try back. to say welcome? Should we try to say hello at the same time? Yeah. One, two, three. Hello. hello. That was pretty good. <laughs> how you doing? You went high, I went low. Yeah. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. Oh. Yeah. It's gonna be loud, huh? Just use the floor. Okay. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm a little tired. Um, you know, it, this week started out really great with like Monday was actually a great day. I was like in a good mood. I was super energized. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this week. And then Tuesday, no. I was like, this week is, has gotten me and I want to take a nap. It's unfortunate. I know. I thought so too. Um, how have you been? How's, how's your week since the last week that I saw you? Um, it's good. Just been working on my condo. A lot of stripping. Not literally. Stripping paint. Oh. Well, you don't make money doing that. No. But you save money because you're doing it yourself. That's true. Um, but yeah. That's really all I've been doing. That and... Yeah, not that, not that much exciting stuff's been going on in my life. It got cold again, so I've just been like hibernating inside again. Yeah, I feel as though we should tell you all, there's a crazy windstorm happening right now, like a legitimate gusting wind. Um, so if you hear anything extremely crazy and loud and windy, it's either cats, a dog, or wind. <laughs> it really is so loud. <laughs> I mean... It sounds like an engine. It does. Um, we don't know what's happening. But, I mean, um, I think we should just hop right in. We really, I don't... We don't have much pre-rec no. stuff to really talk about. No, welcome back to Bookmark It. Yeah, thanks yeah. for tuning back in. If you put a bookmark in it at uh, Chapter 10, because we're going to pick back up now on Chapter 11 yeah, of A Court of Thorn and Roses, the first book in a five-part... Go ahead. <laughs> no, what? You look like you Well, I realized that everyone on the internet calls it by its... No, they call it by its uh, its acronym, ACTAR. You know, the first time <laughs> I love that you said that, because the first time you said it to me like the other day, at first I was like, what in the absolute fuck is she talking about? Because I have no idea. I was just trying to be relevant. <laughs> well, that's we apparently can... what everyone, like even Sarah J. Moss, which I did learn, it's Moss. Moss Moss. Yeah. I love that so much. Or maybe it's Mass. Oh, no. But I remember I was watching an interview with her, and uh, the lady who interviewed her said her name, and I was like, oh, shit, I need to remember that's how you say it. So one of the, one of those things is correct. Now I'm just second-guessing which one. Well. Mass. Now. Moss. No, Mass. Here's my question to that, then. Do you think, though, that the interviewer checked and confirmed first, or do you think she just assumed and Sarah didn't correct her? Because, like, my name is a little off, and people don't ask me how I say my name. They'll just say it, and honestly, I just don't care enough to be like, yeah, it's not Malaya or Mealy or Malaya. I'm just like, oh, you just call me what you want. I don't care. What is your question? I think she's popular enough that people who do a short internet search would know how to say her name. Like, can you give me a phonetic? And I think the girl was like her friend. So I think they were like homies. Do you think... Either way, she did... They were like... Even she, Sarah, said Akhtar. And I was like, okay, so it's like a thing. Like, that's what people call it. 
we can call it Actar now. I hope everyone is like a... You've been here a while. You've been through at least four episodes with us. I feel like we're in this enough that we can say Actar, and I'll, I'll learn to live with it. I mean, you can bounce back and forth. I just thought it... But where's the O in that? Actar. The Court of Thorns and Roses. A-C-T-O-A-R. Yeah, how is that spell Actar? So we just don't say of, we just say a court thorns and roses. A C O. It'd be like Akotar. Akotar. Don't make me second guess everything right now. I'm second guess. What? I'm sure someone will let us know how someone we're saying it wrong. Someone let us know, but I, I'm gonna trust you. We'll say Akotar. Either way. No, let's not. It's, <laughs> we're reading this series. Uh, consider this live action reading, but it's not really reading. We're just giving you overview of the chapters. And honestly, just our opinions on what's happening. There is a ton of spoilers. Uh, we will reference things that are either further ahead in this book, possibly even referencing things that are in other books in this series. Um, we're not going to hold back if there is something that's related or that we think of, but we will try not to get too far ahead of ourselves in the full explanation uh, because we do want to give a full breakdown and do this like in real time because these books were so good they're worth um, investing time to read over and over and break down um, piece by piece and figure it out because there's a it's, it's just a big moving puzzle at all times yeah. it's fun to go back and reread it and really dig through it but it is hard to stay in the present of like this is what we know and we don't know all the things I know. That we already actually do know. We know more than we think we know, but we also don't know anything, and I, it's good. It's great. Um, chapter 11. Yeah, so on chapter 10, we ended with her seeing her, her father. father from, she was in her room, looking down at the garden, and she sees her little cripple. Her papa. Her cripple papa. Just. It's his little cane. Yeah. Um, do you have you, a one-liner for this um, episode? I mean, for this chapter? I don't really so much have a one-liner, and I know that's my job. This could be my my job. monthly cycle is upon me, um, so it may have stolen my funny enough. I really liked this chapter, funny enough, because it was a little closer to home. Uh, I'll, I'll explain what I mean when, when I come back to it, because it, it made me think about something, and obviously I'm relating this to my personal life, but Naturally. I was like, oh man, you know? Um, there's a one thing to be constantly disappointed by everything and you're always expecting disappointment yeah. there's a totally other thing when you realize it, it's when you didn't even realize you had hope that is then crushed it's like even more crushing um to have something taken from you that you didn't even realize you cared was taken from you okay um but i will i will get into it mostly it's just one of those she she's got issues and i think she's just figuring that out but they're more of like not her situational issues i think she's finally starting to realize like she's like oh i've got some i've got some mental and emotional issues here yeah for sure um, so basically chapter 11 um she follows her father out into the house she like tries to be all sneaky sneaking out which she's not at all she puts on multiple Multiple layers, lots of tunics, grabs her little to-go sack with her knife. Mm -hmm. She's been sharpening it, remember? What? Her little to-go knife that she stole. 
Oh, the dinner table. From the dinner table. She takes her little knife with her. Oh yeah. Well, she thinks she's leaving, and so <laughs> she's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. let's get out of here. Let's do this thing." Papa, um, wait for me. Papa. And of course, not two seconds later, Tamlin is like, "Are you going somewhere? Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> and then she's like, it, "Shit. Uh, yeah. My my dad's here. My dad <laughs> came to pick me up." I gotta go. Yeah. Um, and he's like, that's not your dad. And so basically it's an illusion. It's like another one of those fairy creatures that is trying to lure her out and eat her. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's the puka, I think it's called. It is a puka. And what's funny is he comes back in this chapter and says, uh, weren't you warned to not let your dumb human... He, yeah. he didn't say dumb. But he did say, weren't you warned not to let your human senses get the best of you and like you're not like you're not in america anymore yeah you're not in the human world anymore you're in a different realm you're in the fantasy realm obviously this is all fantasy but but she basically just like it she just i think she has sort of a breaking moment really where she just is like i want to go home i just want to go home and like we've i feel like we've all been in situations like that like even if it's as small as like being at summer camp for the first time and you're just like I want to go home like I don't this is new and different and weird and I hate it and I don't want to be here um but like her whole reason that she keeps coming back to is she has to go home to uphold this stupid vow that she made to her mom and like I just think that it's bullshit and like she's basically lying to herself saying oh I, I want to go home to fulfill this vow when in reality like that's not her real motivation her real motivation is this like really small it's not small but it is, it I, is. I don't think it's bad but to say it's small because that is it's simple like she has this really simple dream of I just want to go home and have enough food for me and my dad and I want to paint and like that's her real motivation for going back. It's not, I mean, yes, she, I think, excuse me, I think she does care about her family and her sisters, but like, she does, she's not really connected to her sisters the way like Nesta and Elaine are connected. Mm-hmm. You know, she's kind of this outsider in her own family. And so she really just wants to get to this place where she can just be alone and paint and do her own thing. And that's her real motivation for getting back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And that's when Tamlin is like, they're taken care of, you know. He says specifically, you're not breaking your vow, you're fulfilling it, and then some by staying here. Obviously, we don't know to what extent, uh, but basically he's saying, like, I took care of them. He says, your family is better cared for now than they were when you were there. Which is like, fuck you. I mean, you don't have to one-up me, Jesus Christ, but thanks. (laughs) No, but really. I don't recall when you said it, but we were talking about the first time Tamlin was like, you can't leave these borders. Mm, yes. Um, and it's just the second time he's referenced again, like, your family is cared for. One of my biggest parts, I think, with the first takeaway was, I was like, she's so quick to believe her father would come come to rescue her. Yeah. Which is weird. Even though, like- yeah, she knows what he's like. He, he didn't, he couldn't even pull himself together enough to go continue doing wood carvings or begging. Like, he didn't have any any initiative in yeah. their regular life what on earth made her think 
Yeah, he wouldn't go set snares to trap a rabbit or a squirrel. Like, what makes you think he's going to travel for two days on foot? Because, you know, they don't own a horse or a donkey or anything. Like, he's going to travel two days on foot on a broken, busted leg. Yeah, and I was save like, you? I was like, like and his, his walk is just happens to be faster because of what? He loves you? I don't, I don't know. Well, you know, it's like people get superhuman strength when, like, their babies are under cars or whatever. <laughs> I don't think it applies to... It doesn't. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. No. But it's just crazy. I really I, wrote, she's dumb. It is. <laughs> she's dumb. Well, she just wanted anyone. It's like, oh, he does care. Like, you'll believe anything, I think, in that situation. Yeah. Right? Well, I... So, what I, ke- I kept coming back to um, was that she goes on this kind of... It, it ties back to your point of her saying she had this small, this small or simple dream. Yeah. And that's where, at the beginning, I was like, I. it's when I figured out, because I have listened to this chapter on Audible over and over again, just to like, because I didn't really love it. And I was like, I just need to listen to it. And that's, it took me a while to realize like her small, simple dream was her, it was her hope. Like, that's what that was. Yeah. And her hoping that her family would come and save her, that she would, they would care enough. Because I her, see. like, inner dialogue, even in this chapter, in, like, the first couple of pages is, oh, my little insignificant life, like, my, everyone's going to realize how, like, they're not going to care that I'm gone because Tamlin's taking care of them now. And they're not going to care about the insignificance. Yeah, she belittles herself. She's so, she's so, she thinks that she's so small and so unimportant. Um, Even her being gone and then being well taken care of. While she's not incorrect, they don't really care that she's gone. But I don't think it's, they consider her insignificant, but she considers herself insignificant. So I just don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I, there's like, very pivotal times in my life where I'm like, you didn't even realize that that small, like all I want to do is paint. It's so simple. Um, it's, it's not that big of a deal until you realize how that little thing is a very big deal. And it's the thing that ends up breaking you because you're like, Oh, I just realized my family isn't coming to save me. And I just realized they don't care if I'm gone, especially if they're taking for that. They very much don't care now. And the thing that I wanted, which I just realized was like the very small, simple thing I wanted in my life is now so obsolete. Where yeah, it's do, like, I, what I are you aiming for? I thought I was insignificant, yeah. so what am I now? I'm like, even more so? Like, I'm just... Well, it goes back to like your per- like life purpose. If that's like her purpose in life is, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get these things done, and then I'm going to... It's like this whole... It's like having a five-year plan for your life, and then being shocked when it doesn't go the way you want. Like, mm-hmm. it's great to have dreams and goals. It's crazy to to be so stuck in your ways of how you're going to get there. And, like, she has, she has gotten her dream. She has enough food to sit and paint whenever she wants, and she just hasn't realized it because... She can come to terms with well, it. Well, yeah, it's, it's for a plethora of reasons. Mm, but it's work. like... I think that's a good point that you brought up. That was her hope because her dad even says to Feyre, like when she's talking about Nesta wanting to marry that boy, whatever his name, trash boy, the, or oh my god, I'm so sorry, woodcutter boy, uh, Brad or Josh or Blake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of those are right. But like he says, like you have to let them have hope because what do we have if we don't have hope? And it's like. She's like, oh, well... That doesn't exist. Yeah, but in reality, she does have it, and I didn't even think about that. Like, that Thomas. was her hope. His name was Thomas. Gross. And it was some basic white boy name. Yeah. 
But like, but it's spelled different, so it's not basic. Oh. Thomas with no H. Oh. Huh. But that's huh. like that is her hope. That's that's what she was holding on to. That was getting her through. That was her driving force of like of her whole life. Yeah. And then that gets just gets uprooted. And of course, like she's like, oh well, he can't lie to me. They're fed and comfortable. So if that's true, then the fuck do I do? I don't know. But I love what she says. She says, my life was now owned by the treaty, but perhaps I'd been freed in another sort of way. And that's the thing is like, she did get her dream, just not in the way she expected. She has literally more food than she could ever want. She doesn't even have to hunt for it or cook it or clean up. Like, I know she's not doing her dishes. (laughs) <laughs> and like she has all the time in the world to do whatever she wants because Tamlin is just like I don't care what you do you just have to stay here yeah and that's like I mean it's scary because you're like oh yeah okay because because there's so much possibility there and people even I think in stories want to be told what to do for because sure. they're scared to do the wrong thing or make the wrong choice or have to be responsible for themselves because real like at this point she's been responsible quote-unquote, air quotes, I can't see me, but I'm doing it. She's been responsible for her family since the fresh young age of 8 or 10 or whatever. Um, I think the timeline gets explained a little bit clearer in later chapters of this book of how old she... I mean, we know she's 19 now, but I think it... I think it gets cleared up. Because me and this timeline of when of her as a young kid it's confuses all, me. It's all wonky. I, I almost would, need to just draw it out. We should do a visual that. learner. We should draw it out. But yeah, she's been hunting since she was since she was a young girl. Yeah. Mm, yeah. An adolescent. She was an adolescent. Um, but now all she has to worry about is taking care of herself. Yeah. And then and that's scary because then you guess what? Then you have to look at yourself and you have to think about yourself. And when you do that, you have to look at the good, the bad, and this bitch is sitting here going, "I'm insignificant." Which is, um, spoiler alert, it's funny considering she's the most significant for the entire fucking world. Yeah, she just doesn't know it. She just doesn't know it. and but Well, for their world. Correct. Mm. Mm. Um, it's, but it is a funny, it is funny because, again, parallels to real life is a lot of people don't see that. They don't, a lot of people who make big impacts don't necessarily set out to make a big impact or leave an imprint on the world. Um... It's based off of whatever they're doing out of their passion or love or whatever whatever thing that drives them. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like, I want to, I, well, you have those people who are like, I want to be famous. Yeah. But it's, they're not the same ones who leave like, you know, they're not a Gandhi or a Mother Teresa or a Nelson Mandela. Like, you know, it's, it's totally different. Um, also, I did notice in this chapter, after you brought up the red flags, it's like one of the first thing that she pays attention to is, you know, he's real beastly. And mm-hmm. I'm like, is he still in his beast form? Maybe he is right now. But he grabs her up by the arm and his little his little claws dig into and like puncture her, her tunics. I think that was right when um, he grabs her. Mainly to like scare the puka. And then, because it says, yeah, his claws slowly, slowly retracted. Yeah. Yeah. So I did just now that you've said that my my raz is up. <laughs> um, so I just noticed I'm like yeah there are it is really showcasing that is he has been pretty aggressive the whole time. He is he gives into his animalistic side I think a lot more than other high fey necessarily do. Yeah. Granted he's one of the few that can shape shift. Mm. True. 
because I don't know that she knows that yet, so I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself. But it's well, like she's on this. Well, no, yeah, and she knows that Lucian. So. Well, she knows Lucian so. can't shape shift. I'm pretty sure that they talked about how like oh, like Tamlin can do that. Not everybody can. Oh, uh, maybe she doesn't know yet. Because even then, like after this whole thing, after like he grabs her from the puka, he she said, well she doesn't say she thinks what would have oh what would have tormented and then eaten me? Who are you to be so powerful that they pose no threat to you? Like she just thinks that she keeps thinking that, except she knows he's he's um incredibly powerful. She knows he's a trained warrior. It's just like the the question she asks herself when. Again, it comes back to she's supposed to be really fucking smart and, like, aware. She, her logic sometimes is so skewed, and I get it, again. But maybe that's So it is written. It's like she doesn't... She they really does. don't know anything about the High Fae. Like, they've They're been dumb. separated for 500 years, so it's all folklore and legend. It's and hearsay. it's bred on... Like, all their information is bred out of fear, mm-hmm. not out of, like, informative learning, if that makes sense. So it's it like sure they really don't... She doesn't know what to expect because she has no gauge. These are the first fairies or and high fae she's ever met, ever, period. Absolutely. Um, I do, I don't think this has significance. I just you noticed it after, again, I listened to it over and over and over again. Yeah. The puka takes forms that, I know he's like, it can take any form, but mm-hmm. all the forms that it takes are things that she's actually Once. seen. Oh. Like, it's her little arrow quiver thing or her sisters i thought it was trying to lure her out with things that she would want like maybe i'm well but i'm like an attack it's just the way that maybe but it's just the way that it's described it's like stuff she's seen like the her father shifting to um her little arrow would it shift to something she's her, not seen her brother or her sisters hunched together and i'm just like oh my only thought was in the show are they gonna show like flashbacks of those things actually happening you know what i mean I, I just noticed it, and I was like, I wonder if they're going to entwine, like, whatever. I, just, I started thinking about how they're going to shoot it. <laughs> I think the illusions would just look like the actual things. I don't understand what you're saying. Like, the sisters crouching together, when they when Tamlin burst in, they were crouched together, like they huddled together in the side of the room. Yeah, but we wouldn't need to flash back to that. We would have already seen it. I know. The, the puka's just turning into all the things that she... Correct. It, it can change into any form to lure her. I just think it's interesting the things that it chose. Yeah. I think it's just choosing things that it it's somehow has a preternatural... A preter- I can't fucking use that word because I don't know how to pronounce it. But it has a natural disposition to pick things that the victim, in a sense, will be lured to. Which would be her family... And her hunting. Right. No, I get that. Yeah. But I'm saying specifically it was her sisters crouching together. Whereas they could, it could have just shown her sister standing there. It was just like very specific about the how they looked. That made me go, huh, that's so weird that she focused on that. I understand. And again, spoiler, this has no real merit on this story. I just happened to notice it. Because I'm like, oh, if you're going to show the sisters and the family, they could just I think be like. I think you've listened to this this walking about chapter way too many they times. were just very specifically crouching because it was like but the last thing that she saw was them crouching together before she left the cabin and i thought that was interesting okay oh, whatever. i mean hannah doesn't care but i hope someone out there does. i think it's interesting for you to think it's interesting 
but I also don't think it carries much weight. It carries zero weight. It does. I understand that. I understand that. Okay, I get it. Sorry, I just have nothing to add. I have no value to bring to that comment. Oh my god. Um, Um, But moving on from the puka, uh, additionally in this chapter, Tamlin continues to hunt for the bog... Uh, basically just not resting day or night, trying to find it, hunt it down and kill it. You shall not sleep. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, and, like, that also allows more time for Lucian and Feyre to talk. And Feyre notices that Lucian is, like, worried, in a sense, about Tamlin. And that's when Tamlin says, or Lucian says, Tamlin gets into dot 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 moods and that's when I just put another little red flag it just highlights more of like how he is so controlled by his emotion and it's like hashtag Will Smith yeah oh my too soon too soon that will be well past it by then but y'all will remember yeah but I mean it's like in a sense I would say majority of the human population is controlled by their emotions in some capacity or another that's not they react instead of respond yeah but it's like it's enough that Lucian is like, oh yeah, he gets into moods, and it's like, that I think it's just, uh, it's a interesting way to put it, because it's not like, oh, he's just upset today, like, we all have bad days, it's like, it happens often enough that it has a, oh, he gets into There's moods. There's a stigma around it, yeah, yeah, and that... It's just a red flag, because it's like, I, I hate him, that's the problem. <laughs> you hate who? Tamlin. Oh, man. Well, no, I just, obviously, I think, I think it's very obvious that I'm not a fan of Tamlin's, hence I'm pointing out all the red flags. Yeah. Um, I'll let, okay. I'll let everyone else have their own opinion about it, but in that same conversation where Lucian talks about the moods, he, like, they're going back and forth and Feyre is saying, you know, you know, why does he need to be that brutal and all this stuff, like, and Lucian just like nonchalantly says you don't hold on to power by being everyone's friend and among the fairies I loved this part I'm lesser, so sorry yeah among the fairies lesser and high fae alike a firm hand is needed we're too powerful and too bored with immortality to be checked by anything else in that same conversation they're going back and forth you know about the bog and how tamlin's going to brood over it and all this stuff and Feyre brings up, you know, why why is no one helping him? And he says he'd probably shred him for disobeying his orders. And she's sort of taken aback by why he would be that brutal. Like how intense? Like yeah, why shred him so to pieces? It <laughs> is so aggressive. Yeah, literally. And then Lucian just nonchalantly says, "You don't hold on to power by being everyone's friend." And among the fairies, lesser and high fae alike, a firm hand is needed. We're too powerful and too bored with immortality to be checked by anything else. Like, yeah. Well, it's definitely showing one side of the coin. Like, there's there's one way to do things. Yeah. And I can see his point where he, you know, if you live forever, eventually you're going to be like, start to test and bound. I mean, think about yeah, it's kids. Like, what a law, laws don't matter if you live forever. <laughs> That's a... Well... I mean, they do and they don't. There are still laws that they have to abide by, but it's like, but you have to have somebody who enforces that because, again, if you could just run rampant, then that's true. You just go hammer time yeah. always. It's just I I like that sentence. I think it it oh, just great one. It gives great a more 
what's the saying? You learn more about... You learn more about Paul by what he says about Peter. You learn Peter. more about Peter when he talks about Paul than they you do. ever learn about Paul. About when Paul talks about himself. Never mind. Let's just forget I said that. Either way, I think it gives a good insight not only into Tamlin, but into how Lucian views Tamlin. Yeah. Like maybe how their dynamic works a little bit more. But yeah. The last little bit of the chapter is fun. Um, can I just say it really validates my first couple of a bunch of notes where I'm like, <laughs> what? remember my three main points when I was, so if you didn't you listen to our former episodes, you absolutely should. You no, know, just go very, back right now. Yes, go listen to them. You will absolutely be confused. But either way, you know, I had to overachieve because I was scared Hannah was just going to basic achieve. Um, and then I came up with those three points and one of my three points that I wanted to focus on as my topics was the being so focused on the fact that she skinned a person or a humanoid, whatever. But honestly, this, the last page and a half of this chapter sincerely validates I'm not the only one thinking about this because this hoe is out here dreaming about it. Yeah, I mean, she has, basically, she goes to sleep and (laughs) has a nightmare about... It's a replaying of her killing the wolf, except it's no longer the wolf. It's Andrus in his human form. Mm-hmm. And I think she's finally, like... I mean, it's the PTSD of she took a human... Well, she took a fairy life. A humanoid a, life. Yeah, she took a life of something that she didn't intend to take. And I think that's hard on the human psyche, like, to come to grips with that. Yeah, and she's literally dreaming about skinning a person. Just like I said, it's all I could think about. Some mercenaries out there walking around with a pseudo with a wolf skin that's technically like a pseudo humanoid fairy skin. Just imagine, just like that's what she's thinking about too. Her and I are on the same page. We're both scarred. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. But it does it's the very first instance of a very long pattern for her of these nightmares. Yeah. The nightmares continue for multiple books. She's a night terror kind of person. Yeah. And they just, the the subject changes, but the night terrors are, are pretty constant. They continue. Um, that completes me for, for chapter true. 11. Yeah, I, um, I honestly don't think I have anything else. I said all the things I wanted to say. <laughs> I think she's being crazy a little bit. We can move right along to chapter 12 if you're Let's feeling do it. it. Let's um, do it. I like this. My main first line was I was just like cold hearted. You know, like cold blooded. Um, um, basically chapter 12, Feyre attempts to make a map of the estate that she's now living on. Um, and that's when we learn through her map making process that she cannot read or write. And while she's attempting to make this map, Tamlin returns after killing the bog and he's injured and they run into each other and Feyre does something nice and generous and she offers to help him with his injured hand, which is kind of weird because... They have healing abilities or whatever. Yeah, but I think she addresses why it didn't heal as quickly. Yeah. Well, yes, she does. But it's just like one of those where it's like, you're this powerful, immortal being, and you don't know how to help yourself. Like You know, she had to take care of him. Whatever. Classic. The nurturer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later in the chapter, Feyre overhears Tamlin and Lucian talking about trouble on the estate, which is an important note. God, I got, we got to stop saying no. 
You know, I thought that too, but they said it in Bridgerton a lot, and I was like, look, bitches be making notes everywhere. That's true. <laughs> but she basically hears them talking about trouble on the estate, which we can dive into, and then at the end of the chapter, Favor spends alone time with Tamlin. They talk, they get to know each other a little bit better, um, you know, they talk about her hunting, his immortality, and the blight as a whole, so let's All dive in. Are, yeah. Um, Chapter 12. I'm going to start with something that nobody who hasn't listened to the Audible will know, but they say Baldrick a lot. Um, I'm still very unclear on what it is specifically. I I think it's like a tool belt of sorts, but for like your killing knives. I thought a Baldrick was like a shirt of some kind. It's not. It's some sort of leather belt. I'm pretty positive. But either way, the, the lady who reads this book on Audible, I hate so much how Let's she says not it. Say that. It's how she says it. She's, I can't. I literally can't even you emulate can't it. Make I fun just, of people for how they. I'm talk. not making fun of her. I'm saying I hate the way she says it. It's totally different. You can say it how you want, but I just like every time I listen to it. That's like the. It's the audio that plays in my mind now. Is her voice saying Baldrick? So even when I read it, I'm like, ugh, I hate this word. Can we pick a different word for whatever your leather tool belt? Killy belt thing is. So that's just a super side note. Um, <laughs> the word Baldrick is... I'm, I am just don't like it. Noted. Thank God. It's noted. Thank you for noting that. Um, I'm not going to go in order if that's okay with that's you. That's not okay. I have to go sequentially. Oh my God. Well, then I need you to go until you that's get to page 107. That's what we've done in every single chapter. Okay, well, no, oh, I just jumped around. No, in every single chapter up to this point, we have gone sequentially. Well, then you have to go, because I don't have anything to say until a very important thing that happens on page 107. Okay, then I'll dive into the first little part, and mm-hmm. we'll get it, I'll get us to 107. Fine. Um, so, yeah, basically, like, she's woken up for her nightmare. She <laughs> is like, I don't, I can't sleep. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So no, this is, this is the part where she references, <laughs> it makes me actually kind of chuckle, where she references that she's not smart, so she's making her own, like, like semi-fake map, but she doesn't know what she's doing, so she's like, I guess a smart, basically, she's like, a smart person would be able to just write this down, but I have all these weird, just, like, sketches or, like, markings that no one else would understand but me because, like, I'm illiterate. Yeah. I just like, think it's crazy that she's, Someone like, could find it and be like, what is this? These, I and mean, we needed a cipher. They would have read <laughs> so far into it when really, like, it's in she reality, drew a she drew few X's and circles. Because she don't know what else. I mean, that's, girl, you know what that is? A football play. That's pretty I think we, I thought we were done with the sports now. I thought we were too, but turns out she's not either. I'm um, sorry, so continue. I do think that's hilarious, though. But as she's in the middle of exploring, exploring, Doing her map making and, um, <laughs> stop. She is. Um, and that's when Tamlin returns and he's like in his little wolf form and then he changes. But it's not really a wolf form. It's like this weird horned wolf. I don't, it's confusing. Mm, mm, mm. This is also the chapter, full circle, y'all, closing that loop, where um, in the beginning she says the feline body Page 104, she references it again, but this is where she says... I thought you had nothing to talk about I know. until page 107. It's just that I forgot that uh-huh. she said this. Uh-huh. Um, she'd forgotten how big he was in his... Uh, sorry. 
I'd forgotten how huge he was in this form, forgotten the curled horns and lupine face, the bear-like body that moved with a feline fluidity. Well, yeah, I think he's just a, he's not one set thing. He's like a new creature. I'm just saying, he sounds a lot like the beast from Beauty and the Beast, because that's, that's what he's all modeled I'm after. visually seeing. So, yes, that's what the he's... the cartoon in my mind. But that's literally what he's modeled after. I know, we but, already know that the whole also, first book is that. No, but does it not make you a little crazy, because you also do not think about the hot cartoon version of him when he became the blonde he is man? Hot. It turns into a blonde man that's hot. That's what I'm saying with the full lips. I just made me want to go watch Beauty and the Beast. I'm like, damn, he was fine for a cartoon. I don't like that movie, but sure. You can't see my face, but I'm in shock and awe. I don't like that movie. It's more of a Mulan girl. Okay, well, everyone loves Mulan. But Beauty and the Beast, I just love it. I didn't really books. like any of the princess movies. Like, it just wasn't my thing. Oh, no. Okay. Either way. Yeah. Back to the topic at hand. Sorry, go ahead. Talon comes in. They run into each other. Mm-hmm. He admits he killed the bog finally. And that's when she notices that he's hurt. Hear the blood dripping. Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. And he, like, calls her out because he sees her little weird. Like, the map didn't fool him. He didn't think it was sneaky. He just is like, you can't, you can't <laughs> write, can you? <laughs> he discovers like, her secret but it's also like I imagine him just being like yeah you're a fucking idiot kind of thing Oh, he didn't say that he but w- it, she shames herself again she said I didn't answer I didn't know what to say ignorant significant, insignificant human so like every time she, she comes back to how const- insignificant well, she, she is she constantly is like putting herself below everyone else like well even at the beginning of this chapter she heard Nesta's angry has she's like yeah. angry voice and I'm like god girl um, Get that bitch out your head. But she says, you know, where can we clean up her hand? And it's to your point, like, she is nurturing. She's caring for him in a way, like, trying to be nice. And she even says that uh, she felt sorry for him. So, so it's like a weird shift in their relationship where I think he, she's starting to see him in a little bit of a different light. She's um, trying to see the man and the beast. Oh, my God. But they go to the infirmary. Um, she wraps up like his hand all this stuff and they talk and he's like you can't write yet you learn to hunt to survive how and it says she paused and said that's what happens when you're responsible for lives other than your own isn't it you do what you have to do and that's like it it illustrates more how much she's in survival mode of yeah when you're in survival mode you just do what you have to do and you learn what you need to learn you you don't get to learn everything, like reading or writing, because reading and writing is not important when you're in the woods. No. So. You become adept where you need to become adept. Um, I do appreciate, though, so up to this point, Tamlin, again, aside from being aggressive and just basically, in my opinion, being just nice to her out, outside of all the ways we did, we knew he didn't have to be that giving, yeah. have to be that nice. He's been very nice. He's still been kind um we all know there's a hidden agenda or some there's just all this talk of keeps there's a big question of why why is he being like that however but at at the end of this page um you have it highlighted so i want you to read it It, (laughs) i do think it it's the i think it's the first time where he actually maybe starts to see the situation a little differently as well yeah he says you aren't what i expected 
for a human. Dun, dun, dun. But really it's a dash, don't it's a worry. long dash, whatever that's called. <laughs> I think it's called a long dash. Yeah. But basically, he she wraps up his hand and is like, all right, there you go. Go back to bed. Yeah, but um, this is this is the first time she actually. It's the first time on page one hundred seven where she happens upon um, Tamlin and uh, Lucian. Lucian, yes. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, she overhears them chatting. Talking. Right, conveniently overhears them because she's walking down the hall. Except she's human and doesn't have exceptional hearing. And she sneaks up on two high fae that have extremely heightened senses. That's so interesting, but okay. Um, you and I both know we'll come back to that later. Obviously. <laughs> but what is she over here? Well, okay. Um, do you want me to read it to you or do you want me to just tell you? Maybe tell I'll me. tell you and then you can read it if you want to because I feel like you do really well reading it. Um, they're basically having an exchange on... Uh, why Tamlin's doing whatever he's doing, like why he's behaving the way he's behaving. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's the first time we get a very real insight to there's a much bigger play at hand. Something's wrong. Lucian's pissed about it. Um, he references, he's like, you're just basically moping around and being a little bitch. Um, you're not even trying to fake fake it. Uh, and... And she's just over here listening, like, oh, what he said, what, what, what's he thinking? Well, yeah, it's like you come in the middle of a conversation that you don't have context on, and so she's like trying to put the pieces together with mm. the information that she does have, mm, yeah. and so it's like we're, it's just, it's good to actually read into a conversation like that because mm-hmm. as an author, Sarah had to decide, okay, what am I gonna have her over here that is going to propel the story forward later on in the chapter. Yeah. How, or later on in the How is she going to do close her loop? She has to open a loop to close a loop, right? <laughs> um, however, this is kind of, it's going to jump, I mean, my point's going to jump forward, but I'm not going to say everything. It's where we see Tamlin from like the last page where you see he starts to, f- actually, it's, it's where you see he starts to feel like he may be approaching whatever this, situation is from the wrong vantage point and he's actually having regrets about it and then Lucian is he gets all like we know he's been hard and cold-blooded this whole fucking time and it's just like okay I'm gonna have to read this part because it's important Tamlin says this it was a, a mistake from the start I can't stomach it not after my father did to uh not after what my father did to their kind to their lands I won't follow in his footsteps won't be that sort of person, so back off. Lucian then says, back off? Back off while you seal our fates and ruin everything? I stayed with you out of hope, not to watch you stumble. For someone with a heart of stone, yours is certainly soft these days. Um, then he says other stuff that's unimportant to me. Uh, and I just think that that's so interesting. Um, it's the first reference to something that's very pivotal in this whole story, However, it is not the thing that's referenced. There, This will come back. That whole exchange comes back at the end of the story. But that's not the thing that she references when she re- when she has like memory recall in a very important time. So my point is is that it, it there's just there's a lot more to that and I think it's it's pivotal to the story. Well, no, that's the whole thing is like if if the author, any author 
takes the time for a character to overhear a conversation, they had to select everything is chosen. Everything is a choice. But like especially in that, you're you're choosing what your character is learning and not learning. Therefore, you're choosing what your your reader is learning and not learning. Yeah, I know. I know in uh, Lucian's case, obviously he did continue on to be talking about the bog or bog or whatever. Bog. The bog. Um, and he's talking about the barriers between the courts having vanished and their woods are just like, he literally says, even our woods are teeming with filth like the puka. Um, he's basically just really mad. Like, you're just going to continue to let this happen. And then Tamlin pops off and is like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. In, in the kid way, he says, watch your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But Lucian gets aggressive in this one. It says, Lucian stepped toward him, exposing his teeth as well. uh, A pulsing kind of air hit me in the stomach, and a metallic stench filled my nose. But I couldn't see any magic, only feel it. I couldn't tell if that made it worse. And then Tamlin's like, don't push me, Lucian. But, like... I think it's just... That's that's Tamlin being, like, back the fuck off, and he lets some of his power ripple out. They just exude magic. But that is what they... (laughs) That is what the powerful (laughs) ones do. Like, they... That's what scares her is that they can they can exude magic and power mm. that you can't see. That's a force in and of itself. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I'm like waving a wand and, you know, whatever. Bullshit. It's not bullshit. But like <laughs> Yeah. I mean, she brings it up all the time that she can smell it. Yeah. She she smells it. Um I think mm, iron. Um, it's also the only other thing that I really, (laughs) that I did say about this, um, specifically kind of this, like, two pages was the, my favorite part of this chapter, um, because after she overhears this conversation, you know, Lucian's all irritated and angry, Mm -hmm. but she's been used to going out hunting with him, or or not going hunting with him, going on, um, old boy's... Well, they call it hunts. Right, but it's um, that one dude's patrol shift, Andrus, the wolf, our wolf friend. um, It was his former patrol shift that Lucian was taking, and she would go out with him on it. So she went and was like, oh, we we going out today? And he's like, no, I don't want to. And Farrah's like, well, damn it. Because then he's like, oh, well, you can go out with Tamlin. And it basically... She didn't have a way to get out of it because she already, like, everyone already knows that she carves out that time of her nothing-to-do day to hang out with Lucian on Anderson's Patrol, and now she's forced to hang out with Tamlin, has no way around it, and to really some of them, like, I don't understand why she keeps thinking that Lucian's going to be the one to make her case for her instead of just talking to Tamlin, considering he's been nothing but nice to her up to this point. And then I wrote in my note, do you think it's just because he has, like, bad energy? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like. It's just, like, negative energy. Yeah. So it I just mean, made we, me chuckle when I said I think we've talked about that lot. quite a bit. About, especially in the, when she first started choosing to hang out with Lucian. Like, Tamlin was the one that took her from the land. I don't, I don't want to reiterate too much. Don't rehash it. It just made me laugh because I just. I literally wrote, do you think he has bad energy? And then I For sure. hated myself a little bit because we say that a lot at work about your energy. Oh, I mean, that's really, the, those were kind of like my two favorite pages of the book. Um, but of she the says, book? Not of the, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, just of this chapter because it's not like my favorite chapter. You do find some good points out. Um, but 
basically right after that, she's, she's like, I don't, I just don't want to go hunting because she doesn't actually like to hunt. Uh, and it's when, you know, Tamlin has to go, what do you want? And it, it all circles back to her having to figure out, like, what does she want? What does she want to do? What does she like to do? Uh, so it comes back to her having to, to look at herself. Yeah. Well, that's, Tamlin brings up, like, you've been going for hunts, but you don't actually have any interest in hunting. No wonder you two never catch anything. <laughs> it's like... It's convenient. Because that's what she says. She says, I hate hunting. I don't want to go for a hunt. But, like, Tamlin's attempting to connect with her in the only way that he knows how, which is, like, what she's been doing with Tamlin. Yeah. Um, and... That's when, like, they kind of get to just spend some quality time together, which I think is important because it's really the first time, aside from her wrapping his hand, which happened in the previous chapter, like, it's the first time we really get to see them have a genuine conversation. Um, It's not all aggression and... Yeah, but she, along the lines of what he had said the night before about, um, you aren't what I expected for a human... She almost reiterates the point, like, obviously these are, this is in her head, though. She says, the most dangerous creature I'd ever encountered, I didn't quite know what to make of him. Like, she's just making, like, small talk with the most dangerous creature, and she's just like, I don't, I don't really, I can't get a read on you, I don't understand you. Um, They talk about, I think it's just, nothing really is exchanged, it's just kind of small talk, you know. How'd you learn how to bandage hands like that? Like, it just further illustrates that she's in survival mode. It says why, um, why his hand isn't healing fast with his fey magic. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just because the puka has, like, a specific... It was the bog. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. He had just killed the bog. It's because the bog has, like, a specific... Like, venom? Yeah, that just stifles healing. Yeah. Um... He's impressed by her, her uh, woodsman crafty hand wrapping. He's like, ooh, I'm yeah. not even like a mummy in my hand. I can actually flex Well, that's just too. what's weird foreshadowing because in this beginning like of them getting to know each other, he's, oh, you, you aren't what I expected. You can't read or write. He's, I don't know if the right word is impressed, like, but he's sort of, interested in her because he's not what she expected like she's more interested in the hunting and not interested but like she's more versed in things that I don't think he necessarily considers feminine or like what a human would do and um I don't know either way moving along in their conversation uh she said, like, there's no point pretending I hadn't eavesdropped. I got caught red-handed. So she just <laughs> leans into that and is like, Lucian said you didn't have much time. What did he mean? And then he just brushes it off. It says he went rigid. And then he shrugged and was just like, I'm an immortal. I have nothing but time. Second time we've referenced that. I, he obviously has nothing but time. Yeah. Um, but it's like, he's just like brushing it off. Well, he also notices that it's the first time he references, too, that she stole the knife from the table. 
like the the little knife that she puts in um her her little knapsack to go pack. Is that what we call it? Her to go pack. She's talking about how he thought she thought he was somebody different or whatever. Um, they were just like they were having have a conversation about how she I learned. She learned. He brought that up in the in a previous chapter. No, he says uh, he was asking her how she learned what she learned, and then um, he goes, "Are you ever going to use that knife you stole from my table?" Oh, I, I stiffened. See, I see. How did you know? Beneath the mask, I could have sworn his brows were raised. I was trained to notice those things, but I could smell the fear on you more than anything. And honestly, the amount of smelling that goes on in this book is very... I just... It's a fate thing. They obviously did not get COVID. (laughs) They would have just been... It would have been tragic. They couldn't have smelled things. Just saying. Um, And she, like, she really thought that no one would notice. Like... This, but that's when she lives person. up to her. That's when she does live up to her uh, internal dialogue of being a stupid human. Like, of course you're gonna. <laughs> course, you think they didn't notice? Like, yeah. That's of course they fucking notice. That's yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I just I like this conversation because it's a little more real and raw, and you know, they're just kind of talking about life getting to know each other a little bit more um yeah and then they end they're just walking around and they go into the study and she says i saw what lay beyond him and my stomach twisted Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, which i think is probably a good place for us to stop we're right around we're heading into the study so uh that's chapter 11 and 12 for you we'll pick up next time on chapter 13 chapter 13 um thanks for you know, watching just put a, put a bookmark in it and we'll we'll come back to it next next episode oh my god i'm so sorry <laughs> all right bye